A warm welcome to How Do Men, a podcast with the ambition of building conversation, co-learning, and co-creation in order to find solutions, tools, and concrete tips for the modern man. And today I'm here with none other than Nils von Heine. Nils has a remarkable journey behind him, transitioning from being a business student, uh, actually from the same school as me and a serial entrepreneur to today he's exploring the intersection between shamanism and the world of business and the corporate world. Nils has a tendency to be an early mover. Uh, he was the first to create a social media marketing agency in the Nordic countries, one of Sweden's first VR slash AR game studios, and has also been an early adopter in electric vehicles and blockchain technology. Now he's at the forefront of creating regenerative business forms, among other things, through InnerWorks, a transformation lab and studio that creates startups, tools, and models for regenerative entrepreneurship. Wow, almost missed uh, missed how to pronounce that, but uh, that's definitely a topic we'll be uh, going deeper into today. First of all, Nils, amazing to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Sorry for putting you, putting you through that mouthful of, of an introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, it's uh, it was uh, it was an honor, and I was also just seeing. I remember the first time you and I connected, and how, uh, in many ways, I felt um, a similarity to you in your ability to move and shift through life and looking at opportunities and not being afraid of jumping between perhaps not always apparent or obvious obvious uh take obvious steps and uh, and rather just seeing yourself as i would say a product of all your previous experiences and is constantly evolving in that and i remember then just when reading this i was like yeah of course you know this is uh this is your this is your journey and uh yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. Super excited to be here. Thank you for for inviting me, Fabio. Mm. Well, we're going to start the podcast uh or the episode in the same way we always start in this podcast, which is to talk about manhood or manliness. And the question is what does being a man mean to you? Mm. <clears throat> that is not uh it's not a simple question for me to answer i realize as i as i hear the question and allow it to kind of sink in um i think for me it means it means many things um on the one hand to me personally it means that i'm representing a certain energy in universe uh, you know a half of a duality where the other half would be a woman or womanhood and um to me what that means is actually just you know honoring that i am half of a whole so to speak and that the interaction and the well the energetic interaction between those those parts of the whole those dualities those polarities is is important. I think that's the the main thing 
for me, actually. I, I, I feel that it's important. Hmm. That's one aspect of it. And then I have another, uh, which really just goes into my own personal life uh, experience of being in this body, is that um, it took me quite a while to feel like a man, and I still rarely feel manly. I don't feel like a woman. I'm not, you know, considering uh, a gender change or anything like that. But growing up, I was always a small boy. I was always tiny. I was always the shortest in in my class, and I still consider myself. There's a there's a there's a memory in me uh, that tells me that I'm short and tiny, even though I'm 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 pretty tall today. <laughs> I mean, I'm like. One meter eighty six centimeters, which is is not short by any means, no. but I still see a short person when I look in the mirror. It's very interesting how that happens, how it's so deep in my brain and such a deep part of my story um, that in it, it's not triggered easily that much anymore. But in certain contexts or situations, and or for a pretty big chunk of my life, I've always felt, uh, you know not very manly not like a man mm. but kind of like a boy and then a young man and i i still like i notice i'm 41 now i notice that my mentality is still a young man like growing into something uh i think i will feel fully like a man at some point because there's a clear direction um but for me in my life i think that's when you know I'll be some kind of elder in my, who knows, 60s, 70s, 80s. I think that's when it's going to kick in for me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, but that's what I'm sensing at the moment. So those are like the two things that are popping up in me, both kind of the dualistic perspective on things and and the interaction between opposites. And the other is just, um, you know, for a long time, I thought it was very important or I, I felt uh, you know, I felt like I was worth less somehow because I was less manly. I don't feel that anymore. I feel like um, I'm quite obviously who I should be in this moment. Uh, and I'm a an expression of manhood, which is very much my own just individual expression of what that means, which I'm not really sure what it means, <laughs> but I'm exploring, right? It's <laughs> oh. a very long answer. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm thank you for the answer and and uh, definitely here there with uh, valuing and cherishing the uniqueness that is you and the duality together with the feminine or persons with strong feminine essences, which tend to be women, right? Uh, but I'm I'm definitely curious to to nitpick a bit more there when you say manly, because I'm always uh, I felt that I almost picked up a sense of you know the the stereotypical macho manliness is that what you're referring to when you say manly or what you know what would be some characteristics that you define as manly yeah well i think i'm i'm holding multiple perspectives here but when i speak about my memory of growing up and feeling like a boy rather than a man yeah then that's definitely that boy's interpretation of the world around him yeah and trying to fit into it and and especially like the defining years for me were like age 12 to like 16 or something. Yeah. And that's when my self-esteem was really 
the worst it's it's ever been so far in my life and i was really tiny and exactly at that age is you know um it seems at least that the the manliness of boys becomes more celebrated yeah you know mm. if you're bigger if you're stronger if you have more of an authority if you you know are more extroverted or you know yeah take more space uh, that is um, looked up to or celebrated and it's definitely a memory that i still have with me so my mind today i don't define manliness like that like the stereotype but i have a memory within me in my being of that and it's sometimes pops up i i i realized that it's not my journey to become that i don't want to become that stereotype and now i have more of a relationship to it but i can still whenever i interact with manliness as defined like you know the stereotypical man strong you know doing physical things <laughs> uh, um i noticed that that memory is reactivated within me and and i'm I'm still kind of learning how to interact with it and understand what what I'm supposed to be learning from it. Yeah. I mean, I um I'm excited about this conversation so far and 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 how because we've been, we've started the conversation, every conversation with the question and Especially having had many many people in the um, the studio so far, with you know much weight in the world of men's work, uh, there's a, a relatively clear a picture being pointed out or painted of mature masculinity, uh, usually around the topics of um, uh, thriving in responsibility, uh, leaning into service. Uh, of course, you have, you know, the assertiveness, a groundedness, uh, a sense of leadership, uh, not being afraid to cut through bullshit when necessary, and uh, but also uh, highly in tune and and tapped into uh, his his feminine, you know, tapped into the um, uh, the vulnerability, the heart, the openness, and somewhere along those lines is is where. So far in this podcast, we are defining what a man is, and and but it's it's interesting to hear, especially from a person uh, uh, like you that you know has, it seems like at this point, you know, maybe still carrying a bit of a carrying a bit of a the alpha male idea connected to you know the cocky. The bulldozer, the 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 man's man, uh, you know, the the bully at school, what all of those things. Um, I'm I'm curious, you know, have you have you done? Because I know you've done a shit ton of work in many ways. Ha, have you done much uh, men's work and or like done work together with other men, like focused on the men, men manhood thing? Yeah, yeah, I have. I, I it seems like I'm just circling through various perspectives of work. So I've, I've been part of a man's group uh, for a while and then i've also done the um uh no it's just slipping my mind the new warrior training with um, mankind. mankind yeah amazing yeah, the first one yeah amazing amazing stuff um so i've done that i think i mean for me it's just 
it's why why I began by talking about it is because I still have mm. unhealed or unresolved. Like there are bits and pieces left from the nils that was especially around 13, 14, 15. Like there's a lot of stuff um, from that period uh, is kind of defining my life, not in a negative sense, but it's like there's fuel there. Like there's there's mm. sadness and there's fear and there's worry and there's a lot of energy, but also a lot of you know love and wanting to being able to express love, having someone to express love towards and 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 being allowed or able to create what I wanted to create in this world. Like there's a lot that comes from that specific age in me. So that's why it's still so relevant for me because I, I notice how it's it's fueling me and and in um like in the in the deeper realms of plant medicine work, I've revisited that mm. that version of myself quite a few times. And there's still stuff there uh, and i see that i think i already said it, but i see that both as you know yeah there's things for me to learn and heal but there's also energy there that that i can use that i can create things from um i'm also noticing like in the potential definition that you shared or what you've been finding so far or the descriptions that you've been finding so far in the podcast is that i actually just hearing you say those words, uh, I would apply more or less exactly the same words to the modern day woman at this time in you know the story of humanity, with the only exception that be instead of being in touch with your feminine side, being in touch with your masculine side. But you know, taking res responsibility is also it's not just a male thing in my in my mind; it's a human thing, and, and all of the other things as well. Um, so it's. I don't see it as that different. I think for me, my my current sense making of why men's work and this topic has become so uh, vivid and relevant for many people uh, in recent years is because there seems to be an ongoing shift in humanity at large. And in that, it's more like, you know, we are being invited to step up or coming to deeper connection with our own humanity. And if I'm a man, then that's a part of my humanity. And if I'm a woman, then that's a part of my humanity. And instead of kind of shying away from it, it's integrating it and allowing it to be there. So I don't know. To me, it's just like it's it's a it's a human thing <laughs> rather than a men's thing or a, or a women's thing. Um, yeah, that that popped into my head as I listened to you. Mm. I like that a lot, uh, Ashley. Thanks for bringing that up. And 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 ultimately. I mean, it, it easily becomes that we talk a lot about what a man is because it's called how do men, right? So it's all obviously going to be uh, circling around uh, the, the area uh, for now. Uh, as we're moving further into it, I'm uh, already planning to bring in um, female relationship coaches and and especially female men's coaches uh, to you know get a, a much more uh, going to say uh, nuanced perspective. But I, I like what you're saying there as well. Like ultimately, we're very much the same. Uh, we... But like maybe I, I think we need this though. I think we in this what to me at least seems to be an ongoing reconnecting process. Like we're reconnecting with human with what it means to be human, 
reconnecting with the planet, reconnecting with you know why why we're here and so on. Uh, I think the the most simple way to do that is to actually do it through the roles and the personas that we're already carrying around. Mm. So I can see that clear link. If if we just say, hey, we're just human, but at the same time, I walk around and I'm kind of engulfed by my my personas. So like I'm a man and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a creative and I am this and I'm that and I'm blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And you can argue that, you know, those are just experiences rather than truths. Uh, but uh, that to me becomes a very rational portal into looking at oneself. So instead of just saying, let's just look at me, you you have to kind of, maybe you don't have to, but, but it seems to me that kind of the deeper you go into the spiritual realm, the closer you come to exploring source or what existence even is in those very kind of philosophical and profound and, and deep questions, uh, the less important uh, the personas are. But since not a lot of people are interested or meant to be going that deep into existence, then an entryway to explore myself could be through the persona that I'm already carrying around. So there's something there that just kind of starts circling for me that it it makes total sense that hmm. even though we can argue that we are we're just human or we're just existing or we're just source or we're just energy or or whatever, uh, these personas uh, allow us to um, connect with ourselves and each other. And in the shift, like when I start showing up differently as a man because I use that persona to understand something about myself or shift something or heal something then the world around me kind of the, the, the world around me that connects to me as a man shifts as well and when I show up differently as an entrepreneur then the world around me that is connecting to me as an entrepreneur shifts as well so it, it has value these uh, all the personas the uh, the identities that we dress ourselves in Love how you're touching upon that. Um, thank you for bringing that in. And and I mean, seeing seeing the exploration of what a man is as just ultimately a path to home in the same way that uh, any religion is a path to home and uh, plant medicine is a path to home and entrepreneurship as well. I mean, if you look deep down into what for instance, the creation, and we're going to tap into that further down the line, you know, the creation of a company is, it's just, I, I've begun to explore that more and more. It's, it's a highly, highly um, inner development uh, path or spiritual path <laughs> to create. And uh, the, uh, the different challenges that come along the way are, as, if, as any challenges in the life, they're put there for us to mature and grow through them. So I, I, yeah, I like the perspective that you're bringing in there. And, you know, get on the man wagon and uh, do your thing or get on the Buddhism. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's all going to come, like come to the same conclusion, ultimately. <laughs> I, I just saw I saw a man wagon when you, <laughs> yeah. rolling by yeah. with men on the man <laughs> wagon. <laughs> get on the man wagon. Where are you going? We don't know, but we're going there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, 
Well, I want to I want to bring us back a bit to what you shared with your wound there, uh, from from when you were a bit earlier in your life, because um, that's something that's not often talked about. It's often talked about the masculine wound that women carry, uh, as in you know, through the many unfortunate events throughout throughout upbringing and the way we were raised. Uh, many women have ended up in hurtful situation connected to men. And because of that, not trusting of men subconsciously. And this plays out in, in me, especially not trusting, trusting masculinity, whatever that is, uh, yeah, enough, you know, which causes a lot of imbalances in a relationship. Um, but in the same way, I would say that most men don't have a masculine wound, starting with, you know, as many of us have gone through a sort of a sense of a lack of uh, a healthy fatherhood connection, starting somewhere along those lines, and then growing up with very, very shallow connections, uh, a sports, you know, sports community locker room vibe there and then growing further and i re i really realized that as well when i came into my first men's work uh think i was super triggered i was just like being angry with everybody there i was like who are these idiots and and even though i knew they came for the same reason and i realized that up until i was 32 or 31 or 32 I never really had a man properly ask me the question, like, how are you? Like, really? <laughs> Not a single time throughout all my... So I just never had those type of engagements. I mean, I had some, but never really to the depth that I felt that I needed and that I think most men need. So I also had a deep masculine wound. Like, I wasn't trusting the masculinity at all. And it's taking me some time to... Now I do. Now I love it. Now I I love the man wagon, but it's it's really it's really a uh, a thing for many men to look at as well, not only women. Yeah, I agree, and thank you for sharing that. And for me, so hearing you say that, it also brings to life uh, memories from that that specific age. Uh, when when I look at it now, like I can see kind of what. What played out because I had a few distinct experiences within the same one or two years, like that I I, I clearly remember. So one was the <clears throat> the shift. Like I was I was really good at sports, but I was small, and I was you know uh, when you're around eight or nine or ten, I was also popular among girls, but then something shifted when we hit our teenage years. And I was small. I was still good at sports, but I was small. And um, when you know, love or the the search for love became, you know, started really happening. Before that, wasn't really in my world. It was, it was something. It was that, but in a very childish expression, right? Uh, but when kind of the boyfriend girlfriend thing started happening um, in my circles, I wasn't. I didn't experience myself to even be kind of on the uh, on the table for that, and and there are two distinct moments that I remember. One is is 
um, that connects to it connects to this topic for me. One is I remember being probably fourteen and crying in in my mother's arms, saying that no one will ever love me, and I have so much love to give, uh, but no one like no girl will love me. I was kind of convinced of that in the moment. Um, and I also decided, I can. I have a few of these moments in my life where I remember making decisions that later came to define many years of my life. And the decision was to, to like, if I, if I found a girlfriend, I would be the best boyfriend ever. I, I remember making that decision, which was, you know, over time, I realized that was not a super healthy decision because <laughs> it led to a lot of other patterns down the line where I you know, was overly pleasing and overly supportive uh, in some of my earlier relationships. Mm-hmm. And then I also connected to kind of the, the masculine wound. I was also around that age. I was jumped twice within like two or three months by other guys. I was robbed uh, by you know three guys followed me. And I didn't know them and they jumped me and, and took my phone. And then like two weeks later, some other guys jumped me and a friend and started, you know, picking a fight basically. And those things mashed together really um, became a wound, mm-hmm. like a, a deep wound. I, I felt lost. I didn't feel strong. I felt kind of left out of the the male-female interplay that started happening around that, um, around that age. And it's also, I think it's, you know, when I look at my life now and what I'm doing and putting my energy towards it's it's so much that 14 year old who wants to express the love that he has so i can see that in my current entrepreneurship is that i just the love of my children and of life and of coming generations and this planet and so it's like it's so much now becoming expressed through what i'm creating so in a sense I'm, I'm i'm deeply grateful for having had those experiences of being so sad of knowing that i have so much love in me and i can't express this express it because it's it is now what is being expressed through me uh, in my interactions and in the work that i do wow thank you uh for opening up there, Nils, about uh, those experiences, and uh, it uh, it moves me to uh, to hear you share about them, and I it made me sad, um, and it it helps me to connect with things that I've been through as well, um, you know, and and I like how you're also seeing that much of what you do today is a trauma response, <laughs> like we are we're like an effect. Like whatever we're doing today is is still very much an effect of what happened, you know, when we were between zero and fourteen or zero and twenty, you know, and uh, yeah, it's like we had a couple of like big bangs and we're still expanding from, from exactly those moments. exactly and and yeah, just seeing seeing it for what it is, and instead of trying to fix it, just you know, it's like. It's part of uh, your journey, and and I think it's also. I mean, I feel at the moment we have a, a really established a nice connection here, and I definitely see that we could go further down into the masculine wound. Part of me is like, yeah, we should just deep dive there. However, I I noticed a segue 
in you talking about what you're doing at the moment. And and I'm gonna just grab that segue and continue the 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 dialogue in, in that direction because it's just too damn interesting to to not cover uh cover more uh even though i wish we could uh continue spending time with the masculine wound i think there's we're gonna have to go through that many times over this podcast yeah yeah well we might circle back we'll yeah 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 we might so um what's happening uh what is regenerative entrepreneurship and uh also obviously i'd love to learn more about and if you can teach the listeners about uh, corporate shamanism or where how you work between with shamanism and business Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, let's see where to begin here. Um, well, let's let's start with my take on. It's not that important what label you put on it. If it's you know regenerative business or conscious entrepreneurship or anything like that, um, what it means to me is to allow business or the expression of business, which you know could be companies or your career or whatever you want to put into the word business um, to explore how that can be part of creating conditions that are conducive to life or another way of saying the same thing for me is you know how can business how can business be transformed or how can business be done in a way that it it's creating the world i want my kids to live in um, so it's shifting, it's a shifting of perspectives and it's a transformation of where energy gets directed in the world of business. That's kind of the, the big lens that myself and, and people that I'm working with are, are using to approach this. And we're also looking at business as, um, an expression of, of humans, of something human, uh, and an expression of life. And if you you know if you narrow down and, and talk about a company, for instance, that is usually a collection of human beings. Fine, there's technology and there's you know things and stuff and yada yada, but at the core of it, still, it's human beings in a group creating something together. And by just shifting the perspective from the company being an organization to the company being a living thing, an organism. Uh, allows us to explore business from a, a completely different perspective, which allows it it allows it to be put back in touch with with humanity, with the planet, with life, with uh, regenerative flows and ecosystemic flows, and that's kind of I'm, I'm still kind of just circ circling the topic here, but then to put that into concrete words, uh, what I'm um, doing in that part of my my exploration is is basically trying to transform business from that using that mindset and we're doing that in different ways where we've developed uh, an organizational structure like a legal shape a legal, a legal shape for a company that allows it to to honor those perspectives um, with a life cycle where we actually talk about why and how companies die and how they can regenerate their ecosystems in the death process, just like everything else is doing. Um, and we're we're developing various tools, like both um, 
complexity navigation tools and coaching tools that are also using this perspective and that can be used in a business environment for leaders and employees and organizations at, at large. Um, and we're also within works now. Um, we are starting to explore not only having these kind of the scaffolding and the tools, but also doing it, like creating hypotheses or startups that are not, they're not choosing the focus, here's a solution or a cool idea, let's create it. The focus is a question, like a big question that we want to move towards. Mm -hmm. And we're applying ourselves to move towards that horizon understand that we'll never get there, but if we keep moving, things will changing, will be changing and we'll keep moving towards that horizon. So there's now an entire like systemic structure <laughs> that's been emerging over the past five years that is is coming to life um, as one of many expressions and explorations that are happening around the world um, towards this regenerative business paradigm. So that's kind of one way to to start talking about it. And then to me also, since I'm um, doing shamanic work mm. and have been for also five years, um, since I have those parts of myself, like I have a shamanic part and I have a, an entrepreneur and a creative and my mind enjoys finding patterns and creating you know, momentary insights. Um, I am becoming whole by connecting all of these threads within me and tying them together. So in corporate shamanism, this, the, the exploration of, of putting business back into connection with life is a very shamanic thing to do, if you ask me. Uh, but I'm also working with uh, leaders and founders and change makers facilitating deep shamanic work. Uh, so it's kind of I'm working with individuals and, <laughs> and structures and organizations and, you know, all over, all over the place, uh, in this, uh, in this work, and it should be mentioned that, like this work has been emerging over the past five years, and um, and then uh, a year and a half ago, I burnt myself out. So I'm just coming out. I'm just coming out of like 15 months of exhaustion, which has been a part, an instrumental part of this work to understand uh, flows of energy and flows of life and to understand various expressions of of energy in entrepreneurship as well. Like it's one thing to just have that go, go, go. I have tons of ideas. Let's create stuff and go fast. Yeah. But there's also something to sinking down into something that's slow and deep where you can't move, where you can only kind of observe yourself and the world and and learn from that there's so much in my experience there's so much wisdom that we can use in what we create by being in those deeper phases those more challenging and slowly moving phases of not only our lives but also our, our collaboration as as entrepreneurs that's a, that's a lot of stuff <laughs> that came out. <laughs> so where so where where do we go from here? Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's a big question, and and I uh, I like the the um, I I think I see a very interesting path for us to take here. I mean, first of all, I just want to summarize what I heard, and make sure that I I picked it up correctly. That that 
first of all, um, I mean, regenerative business is really about turning, you know, bringing life back to businesses instead of seeing them as corporations, which is sort of like a, some kind of extra thing that are separate from what we are, seeing it as we are a group. And if we're five people in the company or a thousand or a million people in the company, then that constitutes the collective entity, which is alive, which is the company. And we're then talking a bit about your, like there's a new new business model that I'm very interested to talk about there. I also hear that you're, uh, I'd love if you have discovered or looked into why companies die why you know if there's a deeper deeper answer to that question and and now also tapping into the shamanistic path here and uh, how you have learned from your own um, you know process of being burnt out understood the the importance of you know understood standing more about how energy works and the importance of stillness and cultivation of stillness and just as you were saying that, I felt this like longing inside of me, like, wow. I remember when I went for seven days into a dark retreat in Guatemala. That was stillness for seven days uh, in complete pitch darkness. And uh, I just felt a, b a big longing to book myself a trip to Germany uh, this spring before I have my first uh, child being born in July to go down and cultivate some stillness. Um, but beyond that, I perhaps, because I know, I think a lot of, like we touched upon quite a lot of different things. How about we take it from a customer perspective? Like if I would come to you and say, I'm interested, what happens then, you know, because I think that can be quite an interesting mm -hmm. path to see and understand what's the typical case look like for you and how how do they vary? Yeah, cool. Yeah, there are a few different um, kind of threads in there, a, a few different ways that, that people show up or feel drawn into this. Um, so one, the, kind of the most obvious, I think, is the, and I'm you know, generalizing a bit here, but is the, the, the entrepreneur, the founder, the founder type of person. Uh, who kind of shows up at my doorstep and wants to explore him or herself more deeply for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're on this path. And so he comes um, to you individually uh, first, maybe like, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for certain people, it's like that. Yeah. So it's, it's not like a linear thing where first one thing happens and then for, for some people it is, but to me, it's more like different doors that are open. So someone is opening that door. So like, Hey, I am this human being. And yes, I am, you know, an entrepreneur, or I have this company, or I'm starting this company, and I have this kind of drive in me, or I'm a leader, or I'm a, you know, some other kind of change maker, not just an, an entrepreneur. Also, or, or I'm something else. It's not just the entrepreneurs that show up. Uh, and then there's something, something has drawn them in, um, some kind of curiosity, or just intuition, or they heard me on a podcast, or, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend, that kind of thing. Um and there's something there to be explored. And my simple perspective is that, okay, we're here in this moment together for a, a reason. Let's explore what that may be. And let's explore if we're meant to do anything together, what that may be as well. 
so that's kind of the individual uh, connector point. And then the work we do, it, it really differs, but it's, it's shamanic, I would call it shamanic facilitation of that person's journey, which could be, if I just take a few examples from like the, um, the past few weeks, then I've, um, you know, now I live up in the mountains here in uh, Ora. So I have a few individuals here that I do work with kind of in the fiscal space, we meet up and I facilitate. It could be the drum, it could be breath work, it could be energy work, it could be, you know, um, elements of coaching. I never really know what it is. And that is very much the way I work. It's just pure intuition in the moment and what you could refer to as, as channeling. But then I also do that online. Like yesterday I, I uh, held a session for a person online and then I also do it uh, asynchronistically. And then if, uh, you know, for those who are open to the really weird, I also do it in, in the dream state. Uh, where, so I actually do shamanic work while sleeping, mm -hmm. which is, which is a very interesting experience. Uh, but that's kind of the individual side. Uh, and then you have the other entry point, which is uh, more of the clear cut business side. It could be an organization or someone at an organization who wants to transform something. So hence, InnerWorks, the transformation lab, is that we are we are exploring transformation and creating various ways to facilitate transformation beyond just coaching, beyond just facilitation. So methods, tools, organizational structures, all sorts of things that can facilitate whatever transformation actually that is needed. So certain companies show up and hire us as consultants to oh, yeah. what what do you think yeah, creates their urge? Uh, I'm just curious to know like because I I think this is one of those topics. It's because I also work with conscious leadership and some some companies just happen to find and connect with me. I'm going down next week to work with the company for half day on on uh a building building a um basically setting it off on a journey towards personal development. And I'll be doing some connection exercises, some breath work, and I'll talk about the importance of dropping the mask at the office and, you know, relatively going going at a, at a relatively, uh, I wouldn't say basic level, but just a, a good grounding foundational level to connect people and, 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 uh, and go from there. Um, but I'm cu curious to to learn because it's still a relatively new thing. What do you think drives some people to just all of a sudden just contact you? Is it, or is it just that I they think hear about it and being referred to you? Or <laughs> I think you you actually just said the word in your last sentence. Uh, curious. I think it's curiosity. I think it's something that you know. I think uh, what seems to be the pattern here is that a person or a group of people have been thinking about something for a while, and it could be you know. You know, I, ha I, as the leader, have been exploring breathwork or, you know, the shamanic work or whatever. And I sense that, you know, what would happen if I expand this experience or, or bring my company or my coworkers into it? That's like one thing. And then with the this organizational model that we have, which is called the RCO or an RCO model, quite a few people interact or come our way because they've been thinking about similar questions. So it's, it's kind of, I think it's the question that connects us. So mm -hmm. like, yeah, we've been exploring this question as well. And it seems you guys, you know, are onto something or might have something that could guide us on our journey. And then they 
reach out. And then it's, you know, now with the, what's happening at the moment where we're, it looks like we'll be spinning off quite a few startups as part of this structure. Um, then it's the, the people that show up are, are, you know, the entrepreneurial type that wants to create something and once again, have it in them. They've been exploring the question of like, what is purposeful? What is a question that is actually important for me? How, how am I using this energy? Like this life that I have in this form with this energy and this drive and, and, you know, the experiences I have and the abilities I have, how do I channel that into something that brings about some kind of greater good or supports the continuation of life because that question is becoming more important for, for people. So I think it's just people, a lot of people are exploring these things and thinking about it mm. and then there are different entry points. So it's just like, yeah, it's me and I want to, you know, heal something or find something or understand something or it's like us, we're creating something or it's me and this group of people and we're, there are different needs depending on what question you're exploring. And I, you know, looking back now, I, you know, my, uh, the saying that we're kind of, you know, moving backwards into the future seems very vivid in me that I have no idea where I'm going, but looking back, I can see, oh yeah, that's actually what I've been doing for quite a few years is just create things that could support the exploration of these various questions that, um, other people than myself also seem to be exploring. Hmm. Yeah, it. Uh, thank you for sharing there, and uh, it makes a lot of sense. With with, um, I remember when in my previous company that I uh, built and 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 ran for seven years before embarking on now Sculp that I do. Um, I remember because th those were like connected to my cancer journey. I had, I, I really began to explore these topics uh, myself, you know, and and through that experience understood the, the the power of inner work and inner development and came at it uh, probably bluntly and arrogantly in the beginning, trying to proclaim, you know, to my, <laughs> uh, you know, colleagues and co-founders, like, we gotta, you know, we gotta wake up and, and you know, we have to uh, reconnect with our, you know, path and all those things. And it was so, so um, not very well received because I came at it from a from a place of telling them, you know, it's like I have this truth now, and this truth is my truth, but it's also your truth because it should be your truth because you're asleep, and you know, those <laughs> that which is I think it's uh it seems like a inevitable part of this process, but once once yeah. once I'd healed or like they had a for forgiven me from from that uh you know um uh, hysterical approach. Uh, I, I gradually ha happened or managed to to inspire many of them, and we we uh, remember that we went to a breathwork session, the whole company. And I remember my CTO, and he was like, "Your typical CTO guy, probably that's probably not a fair thing to say, but you know, your typical <laughs> like a stereotypical CTO guy." Uh, just like remember him sitting afterwards, just like scratching his like head, and it's like I had this like experience of just my jaw was just like a meter outside of my self or something and he's like what the hell i can, I can see that i planted seeds in him uh <laughs> and and uh we also then further down the line with more then i had more all of a sudden like support because people started to be uh, and this of course once we began to do this work it started to shift the product and how we talked about 
cancer and going through cancer and mental health. We, we stopped thinking about it as, oh, it's this like alien invasion from the world uh, that is there to kill you, but rather like it's probably your body trying to communicate something, look at something inside of yourself, and how can you use a journey through cancer as a way to um, grow as a person, personal growth uh, or, or trauma, uh, post-traumatic growth, it's, it's called. So, you know, it really shifted shifted the perspective. And then I had this other, we we, we made a larger investment. I remember us investing like uh, 60 or 80,000 into a, a connection uh, coach, which ran for one or two months. And for the whole company, we had a couple of different sessions. We connected and that created so many. So it's a, it's a gradual process, you know, gradual process of, of uh evolving and i'm sure that at some point perhaps they're ready to to take a further step into like okay rco can we transform the entire organization uh into something which is just connected all the time um yeah yeah it's thank you for sharing that it's uh it's beautiful and i have a you know a similar experience i think it's inevitable what you're pointing to that when you have an experience you're like wow everybody should be doing this everybody should understand this thing but um um and then it what seems to be the natural kind of progression is that it sinks in and and you end up kind of seeing that well everything is exactly as it should be and what i can do is honor my path and be who i'm supposed to be and then just trust that you know that will that will be exactly have the effect that it's intended to have and it's it's kind of like the one of the tools that we've been working on is something we call meadow mapping which is a kind of a meta coaching tool that you can use for individuals organizations even nations probably uh, and the only thing we do there is that we look at the natural cycles of nature where you know plant seeds and then seconds something sprouts and then something's blooming and then something is withering and then something is composting and it keeps going like that and you can apply that to yourself like your interests or your career or your personas you can apply it to a company to projects to all sorts of things very simplistic but in that in our interaction with other human beings just to at least for me just to hold that perspective that okay in me something is there's a seed somewhere I don't know what's going to grow out there. Something is sprouting. I'm getting more interested or open-minded to something. Something's blooming, which is kind of like what I am at the moment. Something has started to to wither away and something's composting. Like I'm not no longer this person. I'm no longer interested in that, but there's value in that compost. Like what did I bring with me? What do I put back into the soil, into my relationship to myself and the world? And so something new can grow. And and my perspective is that that's what we're doing for each other as well. Like, you know, if someone, you planted a seed in someone connected to breathwork and maybe 10 years later that starts sprouting, mm. but you still planted the seed, but you can't kind of force it and just, you know, <laughs> drench it in fertilizer and be like, motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> like get there, bloom. <laughs> and it just doesn't happen like that. And we we had the same with a uh, previous company, company of ours, which was this VRAR gaming studio where which i i co-founded with my wife and a few others and and we brought in a lot of these think you know these thought patterns or perspectives into that company and for some it was great and for some were just like not there it was not relevant for them it was just this weird thing where we held meditations and you know facilitated um um 
um, oh, what's it called? I, I keep losing uh, words today, but um, authentic relating practices and stuff yeah. like that. Where like for some people, like oh, it's amazing. And some were like, this was deeply unsettling. <laughs> Why are you doing this in the office? Um, because, you know, some of them were sprouting, some of them were blooming, and some of them were not even ready for a seed yet. And that's that's nature. That's how it is. That's the way everything works, it seems. Yeah, that's the way um, it seems to work. And, and so just, uh, yeah, co constantly coming back and circling back to this, uh, to trust that things is things are the way they should be. And uh, you cannot force things, shouldn't force things. Um, you can do your best to inspire and, and yeah, I imagine many, many, <laughs> there's probably many companies right now where this, this like conflict of interests, where you have these, uh, hippie, uh, hippie entrepreneurs and like, yeah, let's do this and that. And you know, others just like. Fuck you! I just want to work. Like I have no interest in like <laughs> connecting at a deeper level with these guys. This is just my workplace, yeah, and that's like, it. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's fine. That's fine. Like we all have our roles to play, and then in the end, that that's evolution. You know, things shift and change, and no one knows exactly what's going to happen, and no one can really control that. Right? Like no. you can't decide where the world is going. You can only play your part. You can't convince the world to go anywhere. You're kind of a pixel or a little piece of the world and you can shift. Yeah. You can shift yourself and then that will shift the world. And, exactly. that, and maybe some pixels around you will shift as a result, but that's their decision. Um, and that, I mean, that's, that's, that's what you can do. And for me, that's both kind of, it's allowing me to be small and be like, yeah, I'm not that important. I'm this exactly. pixel. But then also to know that and there's a lot of science supporting this that, you know, we're actually deeply connected and we're deeply impacted and influenced by how other little pixels are shifting. And that tends to actually shift a lot of other pixels, but it's kind of, it's non-direct and you can't see it. Um, you can't really point to say, oh, it was just because of this wise pixel that everybody shifted because it doesn't really matter in the end. Uh, you, know, you live your life and, and... And that will shift things. The way you live your life will have an impact on the world, and that's your decision how you how you do that. I want to um, I want to go back to uh, the customer journey there uh, to to see you know let's say I've now you know reached a point where we feel like now we we're here to to go like go big now with InnerWorks or like with Nils and his gang, and we're interested to try the RCO something like a substantial case what are the next steps you know what happens um what's a typical um, what, what are you actually what are we actually doing yeah <laughs> what are we actually doing here um <laughs> let's see how I, how i uh, would like to answer this at, at this point um well it's 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 this continued exploration there are two things that are two perspectives that we hold um that pop up in me at the moment so one is that um we're not convinced that anything needs to go big we're actually trying to play everything as small as we can at the moment and and kind of a, a reasoning a current reasoning and i'm gonna go 
a little bit on an offshoot here, but our current reasoning around this is that if you look at the the world of startups and entrepreneurs and the world of business, but this is very clear, especially in the startup world, is that the current approach is, or the way things seem to be working, is that someone has an idea for a startup, and that person or that team are, are the founders. And then uh, the journey is to, as a next step, you try to convince people around you that this thing will work. You're basically saying, hey, hey, I figured it out. This, this thing is going to work. So join my team and please come on and as investors and invest in this unproven solution that I have for a problem or you know a shift or a change that we want to see. Uh, and then, um, then you basically hustle to make it work. And if you've been on on the you know behind the curtain <laughs> as an entrepreneur, uh, most if not all entrepreneurs have probably had the experience that like shit. I didn't know this thing would work, and it didn't work the way I thought it was going to work, because the world is constantly shifting, and I it's not linear. I can't see the the answer, so it's it's challenging. And maybe I even promised, kind of half promised, my investors and the press and my employees that this thing is going to work, but none of us actually knows that it's going to work. And then you end up with this, you know, ninety two to ninety five percent fail rate among mm. startups. And that, if we use the perspective that uh, you know, business can shift the world and we have these big horizons or questions that are important for us. Like, you know, we want to be able to live on this planet together and, and you know, be okay uh, uh, and continue living and exploring life. Uh, and how can business support that? Then it, in, in our minds, in my mind, it doesn't make sense to have this approach where you bet on unproven solutions and you try to convince everybody that you're right. Because most of the time you're wrong um, but then we have you know for a couple of hundred years we also have science where not fully today because you also have a bit of this kind of pitching <laughs> world in science but at least the the fundamental idea of science is that you have a, a big question that you want to explore and you don't know how to get there and what you do is you, you create a bunch of hypotheses like you just try stuff and you try stuff and you try stuff and you try stuff and then until something sticks so what we want to do is apply the same thinking to entrepreneurship, like have a big question and then just form hypothesis in the form of startup ideas and then build a prototype and let it interact with the world. And if it doesn't work, skip it. But if there's traction, then you can start looking at, you know, putting funding and stuff and, and making potentially make it big if it wants to become big, um, but not just to make things big for the sake of, of them being big, which is a story that is, you know, a common story in the entrepreneurial world. So that's that's one of the things that are coming up for me to actually kind of challenge that. Uh, and and to answer your question, that's one of the steps. It's like, okay, what's well, a small thing we can do to try something, an, a hypothesis? Like if, let's say you have these different scenarios, right? Um, let's say you have the individual that's coming to me and be like, hey, I want to explore myself. I want to heal. I want to blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I want to become an enlightened, whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, than to just start small, like okay, what's right? What what is here right now? Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you any solutions, or I'm not gonna give you a 12 month or 24 month program. I'm just gonna explore something with you, take one little step and see what happens, and then we continue and see what happens. That's like one scenario, and then the other scenario is like you come in and say, hey, we wanna we wanna um, have coaching or or sound healing or breath work or 
go do ayahuasca with our entire company, whatever it is. We kind of honor the same approach, be like, yeah, maybe let's let's just start somewhere mm. and see what happens at every point, at every step. We don't know what you need and you don't know what you need. So let's explore it together. And then the same with the RCOs. Like we want to restructure our entire company to to support life, to to be regenerative and so on. We say, yeah, the RCO is an approach for that, but it's dynamic. So yeah. it's not one thing. It has a structure to it, but it's contextual. So we're gonna have to figure out you first. Like what are what is actually your purpose here? Yeah. And what are your you know guiding principles and what are your needs and what does your reality look like? And then actually I had this conversation with Amit, who is my my closest partner in all of this earlier today, where we kind of saw for the first time that what we're creating, like the RCO structure, the meadow mapping tool, a bunch of other tools are, they're all dynamic and contextual. So it's not a, a one size fits all. It's not a blueprint that you just smack onto your problem and it shifts things. It's an approach with some scaffolding. And it, it invites you, you kind of have to interact with it. You have to kind of mold it to your own reality. Um, so you can't take a ready-made solution, which which makes it challenging for people. Because once then, then you need you do really need this curiosity, and I can't convince anyone to use it because I don't know how they're going to use it <laughs> uh, or what their what their situation is. So it's becomes this kind of you know exploring. Is this relevant for you? And if not, then at least I've asked you a couple of questions that might plant some seeds, and then you'll find something else that's exactly what you needed down the line so the entire approach is different like we don't know what you need mm. <laughs> we're sensing into stuff and we can't convince you to work with us and we're doing our best to not even pitch it <laughs> which which is you know a very uh, um, in many ways a very different approach and on a personal level very challenging that I, I have the same with my shamanic work like for years now for five years I have not been able to set fixed prices. I basically say, hey, I don't know. No, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, I don't know what it's worth to you. Um, you'll know afterwards what it was worth. And then if you want, you'll pay me that. Yeah. And that's also kind of unsettling uh, uh, when you, you know, you have kids and a home and bills to pay and stuff. But there's something about that, that flow the flow of reciprocity, the flow of energy. There's like, whenever you look in the universe, you don't see a lot of linear energy flows. Like, you don't, like the, the, the fixed salary in the human realm is a linear energy flow, but it doesn't make sense to me, at least. It doesn't make sense because nothing flows like that. But it's scary and unsettling to allow things to just flow and, and be with it and adapt to what is happening. I'm, I'm, I don't even know where I ended up in this question. You had a very clear question and, and as always had a very <laughs> unclear answer. I think your answer is, uh, was perfect, uh, actually. I, uh, I liked it and, and uh, I realized that I, I see really where you're going with this. And, and it kind of defeats the purpose to say, you know, what's the, what's the structure? What's the map? You know, I imagine that there is, of course, perhaps some idea or like some general outline of the way you work. Like we have a couple of workshops. It looks like this and this and this. And then we arrive at a suggestion, something along those lines. But I really like what you're saying there. 
like we if we wouldn't be good at what we did if we said we knew what to, what what would happen because then 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 in a way we are uh, it's like con it's like being contradicted towards our own philosophy here and i i like that uh, in in my consciousness teaching i uh, or consciousness leadership teaching i i often talk about stepping away from predict and control to sense and respond uh, and it's in in the third part of what I, I do, which is focused. It's called think biomimetics, and and uh, and how the nature just evolves. And instead of uh, planning for, because I remember pitching and and running running business um, in in my previous company, and I remember always thinking about these like projections. Like we have three year and five year plans, <laughs> and it's like this is insanity. Like. I, it's, it's, like, it's complete insanity. Yeah, yeah. And I sit here trying to convince investors that this is a thing. And they must know as well. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that this is not, you know, reality. But we have to still follow those, the set way of things, you know, in order for it to make sense. Because otherwise, you come across as a lunatic. Even though, yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah because if I walked in and just said like, we have no clue what's gonna happen, like we don't even know what's gonna happen next week, uh, we have these ideas and this is the general hypothesis that we're working towards, and that's about it. We don't know what's gonna definitely not know gonna happen <laughs> in a year from now. We might know in a week or two, but a year two. It's insanity. Like so much. If I look back at two years from now, I see a uh, uh, another world and another life and another uh, experience of of life. So that is, and and but I also see the 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 point there in trying to sell that too because it it's it takes guts to go there, and it really takes guts to. I think where 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 it really comes down to is working with at least that's what I'm trying to work with it's working with like purpose you know what is what is have you really looked and talked about i mean these there are some really cool elements of your typical corporate ship like vision and mission right there a lot of companies don't do enough work, I believe, on actually looking at like this vision statement. What does it mean? Are we aligned? Do we understand what this means? And core values. We all have them. You know, I've seen these like communication, transparency, a lot courage, you know, uh, boldness. But it, to actually sit down and, and really talk about them. And then I believe that if you really go deep with their vision and mission, and your core values, you can let those be a manifest navigating and adapting through this ever-changing experience. But that brings me to a to a deeper question, which is, I believe, at the core root of many companies today, their purpose is not in line with their hearts. Uh, I mean, and I've seen, I've seen, I've spent so much time within like impact startups and those type of companies. And there's a, there's a, you know, there's a trend in building a company that wants to change the world. 
and it looks cool. And it's easy to raise capital and you end up on Doggins Industry. Uh, front pages, because I raised capital. But all of that is just a hidden shadow mission for many. Maybe 90%, it feels like to me. And I believe that doing this work that you're talking about is frightening to people because at the core level, they will realize that this thing we're having is rotten. It's not real. Yeah. Like, it's not real. This is fear-based, what yeah. we're doing. And it's just clothes in this idea of that we're changing the world. It's not real. Wow, thank you. Thank you for that, for bringing that rant into it. And it, it I mean, it mimics so much of our thinking and exploration where, let's see, there, there's some some things to potentially unpack here. Um, like, like to your point, uh, actually a question that for me has become important, not the root question perhaps, but in a way maybe it is, is like, why do we even have companies and why do we even do work? Mm. If you kind of take it back, like most likely human beings do work because we want to live. Like it's it's a way to sustain life. It's like, yeah, we want to keep living. I'm having a, a nice experience here. There are like kids that I love and and like we're having fun. And, you know, I want to keep doing this for a bit longer. Let's keep doing this together. So let's work because it seems we need food and shelter or else, you know, this experience is momentarily over and we've got to die. So let's keep working <laughs> to care for this experience of life. And then collectively, like, yeah, now a lot of us are working on the same thing. Like maybe we should create some kind of structure to make, to simplify, to facilitate this work. Let's call it a company. That most likely in my mind, at least kind of what happened. <laughs> and then today is like, why do you run a company? There are so many stories about it. And to your point, it's it, so many, you know, the, the shadow or the longing of the individual. And a lot of the, the companies, if you really look at, the core business of a lot of companies today with that lens is like how like is this supporting the con continuation of life mm. then for a lot of companies the answer will be no like yeah That's you have thing. this weird yada yada app with it puts you know it's it's fun but but maybe it's not actually doing that work anymore maybe it's something else it's it's creating enjoyment fine that's also a value uh but then looking at once again, to I think what we're both talking about the the forecasting. Like I have to convince other people that I have the right idea, and I'm being asked to do profit and loss sheets and forecasts, and I'm taking it partly out of thin air, and then I'm finding some relevant data that supports my guesswork, and then the investors. If I'm also exaggerating a little bit here, is that you know you invest in the company that is doing something that seems relevant at this time. And has a good story. So like, yeah, like uh, team seems good, relevant topic, and their projection seems plausible. So that means if I invest in this, I invest because most likely other people will invest too. It's not because I'm sure this thing is the right thing because I can't know. So a lot for a lot of investor minds, it's like, I want my exit. That is my horizon. But it's not if it actually shifting the world or creating the world that I would like my kids to live in. It's do I get the exit or not? And I'm more likely to get the exit if other people invest in this, if they believe the story. But we all know 
it's it's a story and we we kind of jokingly call this snake oil entrepreneurship <laughs> where every everyone is just selling snake oil <laughs> and, and only a very few of these snake oil enterprises actually create the shift that um that i think we're all longing for uh, so so that's one part of of exploring it in this way and i think another question that at least for me personally is is very keeps being very important in this line of work is like would i do this work would i be creating exactly what i'm creating at this moment if i would not be able to get any payment or any recognition for it would i still do it and nowadays that answer to me is yes like like fuck yes like this is something that can shift something this is not for me this is this is not for me this is because i i love my kids that's it. I'm doing this because I love my children and I want them and their generation to keep having this life experience and to uh, to live in a world that I want them to live in. Like I, I, I want to, you know, when I die, I kind of want to be like, hey, here's the world <laughs> for you to just continue creating, doing, being in. And I did my best to make it nicer. Yeah, make it you know just a little bit better for you guys. Um, and and along the way, if I if I got paid so I could feed myself and just live a decent life, um, that's great. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is. Um, I can really feel that. Having having known you now for some time, I feel that what you're doing is real for you, and I feel that. I mean, ultimately, there's so many. Like the moment you get go deeper into these questions, a lot of there's so many different doors to take. Like in the long scheme of things does it does anything matter <laughs> like but that that's always you know that's always the path that we could go down to and end up in a whole nother type of discussion you know we we search and yearn for meaning and the meaning from your point of view is being able to give something for your kids to continue and i find that highly honorable meaning even though it might not have any meaning, it's still wonderful to to just listen to it and to to see and and I'm so inspired by entrepreneurs like yourself who you're in the arena, you know you are you are doing something, you're creating, you're you are trying to actually be the change and create the change in the world. And so for that, I'm just so thankful to, to you and, and all that is to come, I'm already thankful for in, uh, in your line of work and hopefully in our line of work together at some points. Um, and I want to gradually start to bring it to a close because I feel that we've 
you know, gained a lot of ground together. And I don't want to water it down. Uh, but I'd love you for you to uh, maybe check out what's happening in you. Where are you at? Have you had any learnings from uh, from the talk? Oh wow, I'm in a, I'm in a very strong um, emotional and energetic moment. Thanks to this conversation and thanks to you, um, I, I both I'm both moved by your words and I also have this full body energetic reaction where you know I just feel life and um i kind of knew <laughs> interesting i kind of knew this would bring bring me back to my 14 year old self i didn't know how but now i i, I see it I, I sense that i would um, end up back there and it's so evident for me that that 14 year old boy who just wanted to express love know share the love that was inside him that's still inside him in this in this um interestingly enough flipped numbers instead of 14 and 41 hmm. um 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 that my um i am doing that that's what i'm doing i'm actually i'm expressing love through entrepreneurship and i think that is potentially a question um it, it's for me at the moment i'm realizing is the important question like how can i express the love i am here to express through my interactions with the world whether they be how do i show up when i interact and speak to people or through what i'm creating whether that is a song or a company like am i allowing that love to just shine through and can i keep that as pure as possible and just allow it to come through um, and notice the fears and the worries and everything else the sadness all of the emotions that in my world are connected to love are actually expressions of love um, but just just shine just shine throughout your life from that core of love that we all are that everything seems to be um no matter what the story is or the context or the expression or the persona. Thank, thank you, Fabian, just for bringing me to this moment. Um, it's profound. I'm very, very grateful. I, um, I just had this um, image, uh, you know, the final scene in the third Matrix movie. When uh, they fight, yeah, they remind me. There's yeah, so, so many Matrix movies. <laughs> yeah, when they when they fight, Mr. Anderson and Neo and Mr. Anderson, they're in this like hole in the ground, and Neo just keeps getting up. He's like obviously beaten already, but he keeps getting up. But Mr. Anderson is like not understanding. Like, why do you do this? Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, why do you even care? And Neo is just like, because I choose to, and that's it. You know. And that's just something that came to uh, to me uh, when you you were talking. So I wanted to give that to you. 
with that uh, coming to a close of a beautiful conversation. I'm sure we'll have many into in the future as well. But for now, we're leaving it here and uh, sending it off into the rest of the evening up in order. Thank you. Thank you for facilitating and hosting this and for inviting me. Thanks.